And I love my Wednesday nighters. You guys are the you guys are the awesome guys. You know that, don't you? There are people who listen online. So all of you people that are listening online, I've got to tell you something. There are people who call me, text me, write me, say we would rather listen to Wednesday night and Sunday morning. Yes. Wednesday night, I'm able to preach to people who I know are hungry for God. That's, you don't know how exciting that is. Um, Sunday morning, and I'm not saying everybody, it's a time to go to church and just, you know, pay your dues. Wednesday night, people aren't paying their dues. They're walking with God. And so it's, it's another crowd. It's another level. Sometimes they asked me one time about taking my Sunday morning sermons and bring them down to the university. You can't preach to preachers the same as you do Christians. You just can't do it. Um, and Bible school students. And so Wednesday night, I'm able to, to say things, go places that I, that I can't go Sunday morning or won't go probably. So Matthew 28, verse 18, my sermon is called Married to Jesus. And I want, we're going to talk about discipleship and what that means. So Matthew 28, uh, let's start with verse 18. It says, and Jesus came and spoke and said, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost, and teach them to observe all things I commanded you, lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Some some people's Bibles say earth. Let's talk about the world we live in right now. Let's think outside the box a little bit. You hear me say often, especially to older men, but I know you're not older, old, too old. (laughs) How you doing, young man? Great, sir. All right. I do that on purpose. I'm not, it's not a joke. I'm not trying to be funny. Most of the time, I will get a feedback, especially when a man is 60, 70, 80 years old. And he'll say, how old do you think I am, young whippersnapper? And I'll say, well, how old are you going to be in 10, 15, 20, 30, 40, 50, 60 years from now? What about 100 years from now? And they go, I never thought of that. Well, you need to think about it. We're in a dress rehearsal. We're we're not, you know, there's a a lot we need. One Sunday, we need to just really get into the millennial reign because we're headed into a reign. You don't realize that you are being groomed right this minute by God to rule and reign with him. What an awesome thing. And and that thought alone has helped me. He put eternity in us. That means that one day Jesus will come back. You know, all of the when when, when we leave is not the issue tonight. Pre-trib, mid-trib, whatever we're leaving. And if you don't get raptured, well, you're going to die. So you're leaving. My mother used to say, I'm being raptured. I said, well, you're leaving one way or the other, Mom. So the angel came and got her, and she got raptured. Private rapture. No one else went with her that day, but here's a little private rapture of her own. So she's up there in heaven, but heaven's not your home. Heaven was not made for you. Matter of fact, that, you know, I'd like to get into this, just bug you a little bit. Um, there's nothing in the New Testament about you living in a mansion. Absolutely nothing in there. The word in the Greek is I'm going to go make a place for you in God. I'm going to make a place for you in God. In other words, if any man is in Christ, he made a place for you in the Father when he rose from the dead. He said, I'll return and take you where I am. He did. He rose from the dead. There's There's nothing in those scriptures about you going to heaven and living in a big house. Now, does that mean there's mansions? There probably are. There probably are houses and et cetera, et cetera. But you are coming back. This earth was made for man, and you will be here forever Amen. on this earth. Now, for 1,000 years, we will rule and reign, and Jesus will be Lord, and he will round out the 7,000 years of human history. At the end of that, God makes a new heavens and a new earth. Not a new heaven. Heaven itself never got tainted. So God doesn't need to make a new heaven. But the heavens he's talking about is the stellar heavens and the earth. Because by then, it'll be pretty well messed up. So, 
especially the war that's happening in the Middle East and all the stuff that's going to happen, et cetera, et cetera. And one day we'll get into how to live through tough times because the only issue you ever have to face is the fear of dying, and you are going to. So if you're born again, you don't need to be afraid of it. Okay. And so we're going to rule and reign with Jesus for a thousand years, and that means that you will be one of the people that the people on the earth will look at and say, there is one of them. We will have glorified bodies, and we will be in positions of authority. Isn't that crazy? Now, based on what you do is where you stack up. The, the story in the Bible, now listen to me. When Jesus said, to him who is faithful, I will put over ten cities or five cities. Or, you know, think of it. He's not joking. That's not a joke. There will be people sitting in this room. Well, there are every one of y'all in this room. God will give you assignments based on what you did. We're to rule and reign now with him, but everything that we're doing now is a precursor to what you're going to be doing during the millennial reign. Now, does that mean, now that, that means that, you know, a lot of people say, I don't believe we should be involved in government. Honey, you better get involved in government because God is the government. And, and he established governments. And if anybody ought to be in government, it ought to be a Christian and not a, and not a sinner. So you ought to do your best if that's what you're called to do. Find out what you're called to do and do it to the best of your ability. Now, but one of the things that he said to his church, and I think that the church has, we've changed this, and we've got to come back to it. He said, go into all the world and make disciples of all nations. The, the, common, the common thought process today is come to Jesus and be saved so you can go to heaven. Jesus never said go preach that. That's not in the Bible anyway. You're not supposed to go preach, come to Jesus so you can go to heaven. He said you go make, get people born again and make disciples out of them. That means that after you're born again, you're born again, you're to walk into a church and get filled with the Holy Ghost and speak in tongues. That's not optional. There isn't any place in your Bible where he said you had an option. There's no Baptist heaven and a Methodist heaven and Episcopalian heaven. And there's, a, there's Christians up there. There's some that, that, that were filled and some that were not. You're born, if you're born again, you're, heaven's your home. You're, you're saved. But, but he said, go and teach them. To do what I said. Not optional. The book in your lap. There's nothing in there where he went, ah, we just wasn't big enough. So we just added a bunch of words to confuse people. No, there's nothing in there to confuse you. As a matter of fact, it divided it up real good. Old Testament, New Testament, Old Blood Covenant, New Blood Covenant. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John is the time when Jesus walked the earth, and then, the, then there's the epistles written to you as the church. So the book is written for you not to understand it, but to do it. You know, um, I love the fact that we have a major in the army in here, and, the, and he will tell you that boot camp was not, it, it, all boot camp is, is to teach you to do what you're told because you can get people killed you don't they don't want you thinking they want you obeying and that's that's paramount and church is designed the same way it's it's not to it's not to teach you though this is what I think and this is what God thinks and so he said go in all the world and teach people to do what I said now go to the book of Ephesians chapter 5 and let's talk about what it means to be a disciple. Um, a student wants to know what his teacher knows. A disciple wants to do what his teacher does. That's the difference in the two. Discipleship is not um, an option. 
anybody that is born again should understand that we are put into a church. That's not optional either. Thank you all for y'all's enthusiasm. There, there, I have a saying, there's a God and I'm not him. Let me help you. There's a God and you're not him either. So when, when he said something and you, you and I differ from it, well, then one of us is wrong. Okay, thank you all. So the book of Ephesians, and I want to begin by reading chapter 5, verse 22. And we're going to do a little twist on this because uh, I think that Paul had a little bit more in mind when he wrote this. Now, it's going to sound as I'm reading it that we've changed from discipleship to marriage. And we're going to talk about husbands and wives. But we're not. Well, we are. Well, we are. Uh, we're not. Okay, let's read. Wives, verse 22, submit, the, the Greek words adapt, to your own husband as to the Lord. That means don't do anything he says do unless the Lord would ask you to do it. So you don't have to go to the bar with him if he asks you. All right. So the husband is the head of the wife as Christ is the head of the church. He's the savior of the body. Therefore, just as the church is subject to Christ, so let the wives be their own husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself for her that he might sanctify, cleanse her with the washing of water by the word that he might present her to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, that she would be holy and without blemish. So husbands, you ought to love your own wives as your own body. He who loves his wife loves himself. No one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes, cherishes it as, as, as the Lord does the church. For we are members of his body, of his flesh, of his bones. For this reason, a man leaves his father and mother and be joined to his wife. The two become one flesh. This is a great mystery. But I'm really speaking concerning Christ and the church. What's he talking about? He's really not talking about marriage. He's really using marriage to explain the church and not the church to explain marriage. I use it all the time when we're having marriage to explain to people being married. But, but really, Paul is going, I want to use an analogy from the world that just like you, when you got married, that is exactly what it's like to be a Christian. All right, now let's go back here for a minute and explain something. There was a time when Lisa and I were dating. And the bad thing is, is that every night I had to take her home. I didn't enjoy taking her home, but I had to. It would have been a lot of trouble in, in, in Apopka had I not had her home. And one night I got her home late. Didn't go well. Wasn't terribly late, but it was late. I heard about it. Never did it again. But uh, me and Lisa were good boys and girls while we were dating. Everybody needs to know that. We didn't do any hanky-panky until after we got married, but that's why we went on a honeymoon where Mama came find us. But up until the time that we got married, we were only dating. Now, I'm not dating her. Now, listen to what I'm going to say. I'm not dating her because I want a friendship. I'm not, I, I want a friendship. I have something in mind. I want her to go home with me legally and stay. I want the day to come when I don't take her home anymore. I want to marry her. And up until the, before we got married, people would look at Lisa and think, well, that's Lisa Leggett. And then they'd look at me and go, that's Daryl Morgan. But the day came when we walked the aisle and all of Lisa's boyfriends were there crying. I invited them. No, they didn't show up, but I did invite them. I said, I want you there. I want you to understand something. This is over. So all of my girlfriends, which were none, were there. Because I wanted everybody to know that after this day, May the 3rd, 1986, she's my wife. Now, in our society, we don't have a problem with this whole husband-wife thing. So after that day... Uh, Lisa went home with me. I took her home, never took her back. Um, we moved into the same house together, sleep in the same bed together. As a matter of fact, since that day, we've pretty much done everything together, except for a few 
times she's been to see her sister for a week up in Maine, or I went hunting and, and left her, and she hunted a little bit, and I wanted to stay. And, and, and so there's times we've been apart, but would you not, would you think it odd if you came and said, where's Lisa? And I went, I haven't seen her in months. <laughs> Am I right? That would be odd in our, in our world. We don't, we don't think like that. We don't do that. And, and also, there's one more thing we don't do. Uh, I'm not making her do this. I didn't make her marry me. I'm not making her keep her vows. She made a vow to me and God. And I made a vow to her and God. And our marriage is based on those vows and that's what makes marriage marriage. Now, what Paul is doing here is he's using marriage to help you be a Christian. The day you got born again, you belong to Jesus Christ. You're married. He wants to know where you've been. He wants to know what you're doing. So when Lisa and I got married, before she married me, she had a little itty-bitty checkbook. Wasn't much in it. Let me just tell you right now. I had a little checkbook. Wasn't much in that either. But we got a Mr. and Mrs. Daryl Morgan checkbook. And we share name. We share everything together. So my money's her money. Her money's my money. And uh, her food is my food. Well, not all of it. That's, that's not true. That she has chocolate hidden someplace in the house, and she does not turn loose of it very easily. So I have to pray and ask God to show me where it is, because in the marriage, what's hers is mine, and what's mine is mine. No, what's hers is mine, what's mine is hers. That's marriage. That's what it makes it. So why was that be any different with you and I being a born-again Christian? Now, now, it says right here, wives submit. Let's turn that around and say, Christians, submit to the Lord. For the Lord is the head of you. And then it says, as Christ is the head of the church. He makes the analogy for you. The, Christ is your head just like the husband's the head of a Christian. Therefore, just as the verse 24, just as the church is subject to Christ, so let wives be to their own husbands everything. Husbands, you need to love your wives just like Jesus loves the church, that he could present her to himself, not having spot or wrinkle, that she would be holy. Husbands, you ought to love your wives. No one ever hated. Just as members of the body of the flesh and breast of the flesh, so, so you become one flesh. This is a great mystery. I'm speaking concerning Christ and the church. So, so is obeying God optional? No, it's ne it never has been. As a matter of fact, when you see Lisa and I walking together, the reason that we're still together is that we walk in love and we've learned to adapt ourselves to each other. Number one, it says wives adapt to your husband. And what that means is that she, she married a pastor, so there's things that her life changed because her husband's a pastor. That means that she was aware that I'm not nine to five. It might be six, seven, nine, ten. She don't know. There's times when I'm going to stop vacation, I'm going home. I got someone in the hospital or someone's funeral. And like when Marshall, um, I don't know, no, it's Marshall. Marshall died on my vacation. He did that on purpose. But when Betty's mother died, I was in the islands with the kids, and I left them there. I took the airplane, came home, did Gladys' funeral. So she's aware that being married to me causes her life to be different. Probably the same thing with um, Joselito's wife. Being, she has to adapt him being in the military. That's just a different life than the average woman who has a husband that works 9 to 5 or owns a business and get home at you know, 6 o'clock every single night. It's not necessarily so. So there's adapting. Now, I, I adapted because I, I knew that Lisa had a call of God on her life when I married her. That's one of the reasons I married her. I, the Lord showed me she has a call on her life. So my life is different than the average man. Because I realize that Thursday night when she's down here, I'm cooking. 
I also realize Sunday morning when she's getting ready, I'm still cooking. And I also realize I'm going to have to cook some more than those two days anyway. So, you know, there's just times that our schedules don't work like everyone else's, so we adapt. But, but we're required to do that because we're married. That's, and we don't mind doing it because of what? Love. Thank you. If it wasn't for love, it would be bondage. It would be a burden. There's Christians who look like their Christianity is a burden. Well, you know, it's Sunday. We have to go to church. No, you don't have to. You get to. Well, it's prayer. It's time to pray. You know we have to pray. No, you get to pray. So, so the whole point of being born again, the Old Testament, we were under law. They had to, but under the New Testament, we get to because now we're married to the Lord Jesus. Let's talk about Jewish weddings right now, marriage right now. First. In the Jewish sense, engagement is marriage. You have to get a divorce in Israel from being engaged because First, there's the there's their marriage, and the marriage happens between the husband and the dad. And he comes in, and then he takes her hand, and he leaves. And they come back. They're now married, according to Jewish law. But they've never consummated the marriage, which is sex, until the day he comes to get her. So there is a consummation of the marriage that happens when Jesus comes to get his church. But legally, he's already bought and paid for you, and you already are the bride of the Lord Jesus Christ. All right. So the thing that makes marriage marriage is that should be, in, in the natural, the highest priority of your life. Now, let's think about this for a minute. Um, let's say that the Lord calls me to another state. Where's Lisa going? Oh, good. Y'all answered that quick. Doesn't she have an opinion? No, no, she does not because she's married. See, as a Christian, you may think you have an opinion. You really don't. You lost that when you got born again. You're married. Jesus has the right. You know, I was talking to a man one day and he said, you know, God made Jonah go to Nineveh. I said he did not. I said Jonah agreed and cut covenant with God. He already cut a covenant with God and said, I'm a covenant man and gave God the right to tell him what to do. And I looked at this man and I said, um, uh, do you tell your wife what to do? Well, you know, really. I said, do you expect her to be by your side? Do you expect dinner? Do you expect her to raise? Do you expect? He goes, I do. I said, Jesus expects you because you said I do at the altar. Do you all understand that? So we Christians are in a whole different boat with God than the world. He's not responsible for them. That's why it appears as though the world gets away with murder. They're going to hell. But, but God will deal with a church member and not deal with a sinner. Unless you're messing with a church member. Now think about this. We are the bride of Christ. So go to John 13 and hold your hat down. Now, go, now you got to mentally think about this. Go in all the world and teach them to do what I said. We, that, sh, that should be, yes, I want to know what you think. I want to know what do you want me to do, where do you want me to go, how do you want me to do it, how do you want me to ha act, how, what do you want me to do with my money, how do you want me to raise my kids. And yet today, most Christians, kids, are hellions. They're not raising them for Jesus, even though he told them to. Eh. Who has time for that? I bought them a Nintendo, PlayStation. Come on, y'all. You're sitting around looking at people and going, 
What part of training your child in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord did you not get? Well, you know, our school, and you know, there's soccer, and then there's ballet, and then I don't find any of that in the Bible anywhere. Either. Now, I understand there's nothing wrong with those things, but your highest priority is not ballet. You're the parent. Josh Brown and Jeannie are not supposed to be raising your kids. You're supposed to raise them. And if you don't know how, there's a book right there where the head of the church handed it to you and said, this is how you raise your kids. There's even spanking in it. And, and I don't care what Dr. Spock said. Dr. Jesus said use the paddle. And I ain't talking about a bolo either. We're talking about a real live, honest to God, Board of Education. If they're not saying yes, sir, and yes, ma'am, when you get done, you didn't do a very good job. Go back and try again. Now, I'm not talking about abuse, but I am talking about the fact that there's no such thing as terrible twos. That's a lie. Our boys had terrible twos oh, about 30 seconds each. In our house, a whole minute and a half was devoted to being terribly two. And we fixed it and never had another moment and have never had another terrible two day again. Amen. Took him in the bedroom and says, want to cry? Want to scream? I'll, I'll help you scream. You scream. We'll make sure the neighbors hear you. And then after that, so here's the good news. The good news is we would take our boys to restaurants and I'd say, you know, boys, sit down right there and, you know, look at what you want to eat. And they say, yes, sir. And people go, how'd you get them to do that? So you don't want to know. Now, it doesn't take a lot. I mean, they, they're, they're good boys. So, and I got to tell the story. We took a Christian family from this church out to dinner one night. And the little boy was a terror. Had to have been from Iraq. He was a terrorist. <laughs> he threw things. He screamed. He told his mother to shut up at the table. And, uh, and all of our boys sat there with their mouth open, <laughs> waiting for the parent to just kill them right there at the restaurant. Never happened. And it was real quiet in the car. We were, Lisa had a little Honda van. We were on the way home from dinner that night. And one of the boys said, we were good tonight, weren't we, Mom and Dad? I said, yeah, you boys were. And they said, so-and-so was not. And I said, they was right. We're not like him, are we? I said, no, you're not. Thank God you're not. You know I mean, they spotted it right off the bat. Like, woo, that's not done. And I remember the day Jordan went to um, school, first time. And he came home and he goes, not everybody's like us. And I said, you learned something in school today. <laughs> Now, how did we get off on all that? Because that's what the head of the church said. All right, are y'all in, in John 13? Let's read this. Look, let's, let's read 34. A new commandment I give you, not suggestion. I'm sorry. I know we're not under the law, but, but the law, Jesus nailed the law to the cross, but he gave a new commandment. That you love one another as I did. This is not a suggestion. That, what that means is, you're going to have opportunity not to. God puts you in a church just so you can meet people that will rub you the wrong way. It's called polishing the stones. I ain't never going back there again. Yeah, you are. The head of the church said you are. <laughs> so Jesus gave you and I a commandment. There's no place in the Bible that he even made a suggestion that we were to live like this. Well, let's read it again. By this, everybody will know you're my disciples if you have love for one another. Now, that clearly means that if you don't love one another, you really are not a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ. Am I right? Come on, come on, let's get serious now. If you're, now listen. There's, love is not a feeling. This is not a Hallmark movie. 
Love has nothing to do with how you feel. That's the reason why God wants you to make a vow before you have sex. I know that not everybody does that. But he wants you to make a vow before you start your family because he wants it to be very, very, very difficult for you to exit. Am I the only one here that understands what I just said? No, because you're going to go the first week. I miss God. I remember Lisa went to her mother, right? I mean, we hadn't been married a week. She was upset. Now, in my defense, she'd never had a male figure. Her mom ran the home. It was not, not normal to have a man tell you anything. So she went to her mother and said, I can't handle this. And her mother said, what's, the, what's wrong, dear? And she, and she says, and there's these two things. She said, well, write them down. And she wrote them down. I mean, the ink pen was smoking. She said, flip the paper over and write down the good. She filled the paper up. There's a lot more good in the person you're married to than there is the one or two things you're mad at. I'm going to tell you that right now. I've watched a lot of couples, and I'm going to tell you something. Why don't you start looking for the gold that's in your spouse? It is in there. It's there. So she wrote down on the paper all the things she liked, and she fell in love with me again. She went, I have a good husband. Your mom said, yes, you do. Go home. Don't come back over here with me again. <laughs> We gave you away, and I don't, you ain't no boomerang. You ain't coming back. So the thing is, is that she went home, and she began to work on herself, and I began to work on me. Because when you marry somebody different than you, it's not. See, my family, we make cornbread fat. Lisa's cornbread has no center in it at all. It's crushed on both sides. I don't even know where to put the butter on this thing. You know what I mean? Like, you cut it in the middle, and there's two sheets of, where, where's the cake in this thing? Well, that's not the way we do it. I'll call in my sister to make me cornbread. I got to have some cornbread around here. So you start learning these, and I'm picking on, I'm picking on it easy. That was a simple one. It's not, I mean, we do the toilet paper thing, who one's his front, which one's back, and the whole nine yards. I just take it off there and sling it across the room. You know, I don't give a rip, you know. So. So there's all these issues that you start going through when you're married to somebody. And <laughs> some of you people that aren't married, are y'all listening? Because I'm, I'm going to help you out a little bit right now. <laughs> but the way you make it is to walk in love toward them. It's not, it's not about how you feel. It's not about how you feel. Now, that's the same thing true with Christians in life. Jesus does not want you to operate on how you feel. He just wants you to go, what did you say do, and how did you want me to do it? And that ends the subject. You're supposed to come to church and find out what he thinks. All right, let's look at John 14, 15. Now, this, gets, this is going to get stronger. If you love me, read the rest of it out loud. Now, I'm going to make a statement to you right now. Are you all ready? If you are not keeping his commandments, you do not love God. How? Now, listen. Does, we talk about all he did for me, all he did for me, all he did for me. There's two sides to this covenant. The, yeah, all that Jesus did. But what is all you did? What, I know you didn't earn the salvation, but you're married. What are you doing in appreciation for what he did? Now, I'm going to make a statement to you right now, and it's, it's a true statement, but it's for, it's for I'm saying it because for, I, want an, I want to make an effect. Jesus married a whore. His bride is a used woman. And he knew it. 
the story in the Bible of the woman caught in adultery was there so we would see how Jesus treats harlots. The bride of Christ, we were married before. We've been married before. We've been used. He went in the world and married a bad woman. And he redeemed her back to himself by his blood. And he gave us worth. But you were, all you and I were good for when he found us was hell. He found us on the whore block of a, of a slave, of a woman being sold. And he bought us with his blood paid for us and took us home to be his bride and and then he 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 but see that's the message of the cross he loved us like we were and but but he did look at the woman caught in adultery and said stop he's got a right you're married to him now he's got a right to who you're running around with who you're hanging out with and what you're doing because he put a ring on your finger. He married you. He took you home. Your, your house is his house. Your checkbook's his checkbook. But he wants to know where you've been and what you're doing. Thank you. So don't get all huffy about, about how awesome you are. There ain't anybody in the body of Christ awesome all sinned and fell short of the glory of God there wasn't a good one in the whole bunch so whenever you sit in church and go well you know I ain't all that <laughs> hey listen hey, none of us was all that and if you see any good in me you give him glory because when he found me, I was a barefoot redneck out, out of Georgia. Used to catch catfish with my hands and looking for the game warden by God. Smoking dope and drinking beer and chasing wild women and catching none. And listen, when he found me, I was a screwed up mess. But he washed me in the blood and took me in and made me righteous. And now... My relationship to him is not a bondage. It's out of love. I'm not in here going, well, we got to pray. We got to pray. No, I get to pray. See, if we, come on, y'all. If we started thinking love instead of religion, we wouldn't be in the mess we're in. He gave commandments, but he earned the love. I mean, he, he asked us, he said, I loved you when you were nobody. Just be a bride to me. Be a wife to me. And if you love me, if you love me like I love you, keep my commandments and be my wife. So we should be excited about the book in your lap and reading it and not going, oh, my God, are you serious? I got to be nice today. Well, somebody was nice to you. <laughs> you know, we need to go back into Hosea one day and do a whole study on the fact that his wife was a, was a harlot. And that's a type of Jesus. Well, I wasn't. Yeah, you were. I'm sorry. And if you think you're all that, we'll cast that devil out of you tonight. That's called pride, darling. Come on. All right. All right. Are y'all okay? Yeah, hallelujah. First John. No, no, let's go to 21. Look at verse 20, 14, 21. He who has my commandments and keeps them, it's he who loves me, and he who loves me will be loved my Father, and I'll manifest. If God isn't showing up in your life, it's you. Listen to me. He told you, I'm your husband. If you do what I say, I'll take care of you. So don't come whining to church Oh, he don't answer my prayers. Well, listen, you little adulteress, where have you been? Sleeping with the world again, out hooking on the side. Where have you been, darling? Come on, y'all, this is good preaching for an old man. He 
said, if you love me, I'll manifest myself. That means that the God of the universe will show up in your house. You ask him something, he'll, he'll give it to you. I don't care. He will give it to you. But you're going to have to be a good wife. Not a convert waiting to go to heaven and get your mansion, you old selfish thing. There's more going on here than just a mansion. I want my ring. I want my healing. I want to go to heaven. But don't tell me to come to church because I ain't coming. And don't tell me to tithe because I don't believe in that. And don't tell me I got to speak in tongues either. You little hooker. Listen to me. I'm quoting James. <laughs> you adulterers and adulteresses, don't you. Now, I'm, I'm quoting the Bible, y'all. That's in your Bible. You, I didn't write the book of James. There, my name is Daryl. It is not James. <laughs> you adulterers and adulteresses, don't you know that your friendship with this world is enmity and makes you the enemy of your husband? All he did, and you can't even show up and cook dinner one night. Christianity is not what the church is talking. Christianity is a blood covenant. And God has every right in the world to want to know where you've been and what you're doing. How you spending your money and who you running around with. Now, ask Lisa if I ever ask her, where are you going? Well, I'm going to Bells. Okay. Am I worried about No, I just want to know that when she calls me and the car's broke down, which way I'm going. Now, there is a safety factor in being a husband. Because if you get in that car and take off someplace, and I'm going someplace, and I don't know about it, where you are for two days, I can't find you. I can't help you. I can't be a husband. I don't know. Where you, what, what are you doing? So there's nothing wrong with, I'm going here and doing that. I'll be home at this time. Thank you. And there's nothing wrong with her asking me the same thing. Amen. Come on, y'all. There's nothing in the world wrong with that. And God would like to know where you were last Sunday. Where were you last Sunday? I was here. Where were you? I got to tell a story on me. I'm just going to tell on me. I'm not going to tell on you. But after I started pastoring, I really didn't like pastoring. I'm just being honest with y'all. Pe- dealing with people is like washing cats. You got an image? Baptized in Jesus' name. Whoa. But being an evangelist. You blow in, you blow up, you blow out. And everybody loves you. So I got invited to Atlanta to come preach. I rented a Cessna 182. I flew up to Atlanta. I preached. I got up there. I'm preaching. The anointing is not there. God's not there. Not in the building, not anywhere. I said, where are you? He said, I was thinking the same thing. Where are you? I said, I'm in here preaching. He says, I'm in a popka. I says, what are you doing down there? He says, helping you pastor. I said, but I'm not up there. He says, I've noticed. (laughs) And then he really kindly said, get home. You said go in all the world. I tell you to go in all the world. I came home, tail between my legs. Now when someone asks me, I go, what do you want me to do? If he didn't give me permission, I just stay right here. Are you okay? Why am I the only one in the church that has to ask whether I can leave or not? It's, it's sobering, isn't it? You can't love people if you don't show up. 
No, you can't. There's more to you than your family. You have a new family. Everybody in the body of Christ, you are responsible for them. That's brothers and sisters. You are in a new family. And there's things God has for you to do. And there's things in his church he wants you to get your hand to and do them. And there's things in the city he wants you involved in. There's people's lives he wants you involved in their life. Whether you like it or not, he wants you involved. It may inconvenience you, but that's what the commandment's about. Everything in here is not convenient. And if y'all die, please do it Monday through Friday. <laughs> Can y'all check my schedule when I'm going on vacation before you kick the bucket, please? I mean, this is, this is insane. No, it's not. I'm being facetious, but, it, but do you understand that life is not about being convenient? God is grooming you now for what you're going to be doing later. You're, we're going to live forever. You're, God is grooming you to, to do something way bigger than you are, and he's trying to figure out whether he can trust you or not. Wow, that's, yeah. First John 4. In other words, it's not optional, is it? Well, you know, my kids just don't like to go to church. Really? I was doing, my mother drugged me to church and drug, you listen. Our boys never knew there was an option because there was not. Well, what about school? Well, we homeschooled them. Was that inconvenient? Yeah. Leave that or turn them little hellions. There's some parents that got some choices they got to make in the days ahead. You're obeying God is, may may cost you. Well, now it's worth it. You understand that? Okay. All right. First John four eight. He who does not love God doesn't even know God. <laughs> okay, boy, that one's blunt. For God is love. In this, the love of man, love of God was manifested that God sent his only begotten son in the world that we might live through him. In this is love. Not that we love God, but he loved us. And he sent his son to be the propitiation. So, beloved, if God loved you, you really ought to start loving each other. There's nothing in there about suggestion. Do you see that? Love's not a feeling. Love is an act. Love is what you're doing for other people. All right. 1 John 5, 2. By this we know we love the children of God when we love God and what? Someone read it out loud. Keep is what? For this is the love, this, for this is the love of God that we keep his commandments and his commandments are not a pain in your backside. It's, it is not a pain to be a Christian. It's a pain not to be. You know, think about this. Lisa looks at me and goes, well, I'm married, but it's a pain. Well, that was romantic. That'll get you a good dinner on the town. I'm here because I have to be, honey. That's not marriage. You can't even imagine such a thing, can you? You want to hear your wife go, thank God for you. Baby, I thank God for you, too. I sure I, I I thank God. Lisa and I we have we have fun together. We do we pasture together. We play together. We snow ski together. We hunt together. I skin her. I bought her a hunt skinning knife. I bought her a skinning knife. <laughs> she is going to gut her next deer. <laughs> now we're into a family feud right now. Y'all hold on for a minute. <laughs> Honey, come! I killed a deer. Gut it. No. This is called an argument in the woods. <laughs> I got to tell on her. And this is, I got to tell on her now. This is really bad. I kill this deer and it falls over the cliff. 250 yards. I pick this sucker up. The Jeep pulls me up. We're about from here to Teresa from the top. And Lisa goes, can I help? I said, take it. She pulls it a whole 10 yards. A whole 10 yards. 
and she's going, I'm going, you're awesome. And she said, I could have brought it up the hill. I should have bet her. I wish I had bet her money that I would have videoed it. I could have brought it up without the Jeep. <laughs> oh, what are you saying to me? You the man. All right. We do have fights. Fighting in the woods. <laughs> now we have a lot of fun together. We do a lot of stuff together. But you should. You should enjoy each other. You should enjoy Jesus. Prayer time is wonderful time. Get up in the morning and go in. At least he gets up in early in the morning, goes and sits in the chair and just spends time with God. That's not a duty. That, that's, that's a blessing. I love going and being with him. love spending time with him. I love his voice. I love hearing him. I'll tell you, I'll tell you a bad day is when he's not telling me what he wants me to preach, and I start going, the weekend is coming. And you don't want to hear me preach without him telling me what to preach because it's happened before. And people came up and went, where'd you get that sermon? Out of a book. Sounded like it to me. Don't ever do it again, Pastor. We're never coming back. Anyway, so now I, I'm scared. I got to stay in fellowship with God or it's just terrible. But it's like this one. I woke up and he, he started talking to me about, he says, we're going to start talking about being disciples and not converts. I said, yes, sir, we can do this. Amen? All right. Where are we? Verse 3, chapter 5, verse 3. This is the love of God that we keep his commandments. His commandments are not burdensome. Whoever is born of God overcomes the world. This is the victory overcomes the world, even our faith. Now, let's, 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 um, mm, 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 3.19. I think we're going to go back to 3.19 and we'll read that and move on. No, that's not so. Okay, let's, eh. 23 was the one I wanted. This is the commandment that we believe in the name of his son and love each other as he gave commandment. Now, go to Matthew 16. Let's go back to Matthew 16 now. Is this all right? It doesn't matter if it's all right or not. I just want to know. You know, when I got born again, I was so glad that the Lord began to show me this. And I read a scripture. I, I read a scripture in the Bible that says a man puts his hand to the plow and looks back. It's not worthy of the kingdom. And I went, ouch. And I made up my mind right then, I'm going to be worthy of the kingdom. I, wanna, I, don't, want, I don't want to go by myself anymore. I, listen, I, I was already had a felony against me. That night the dogs chased me. It was God. They didn't catch me. God answered prayer. He's a good God. Now, that doesn't mean the next week he's going to keep that dog off me. He just said, okay, I'll keep the dog off tonight. But that night I was talking to God and going, I'll go to church, I'll go to church. And Sunday he says, uh, we had a talk in the woods. You remember we had a talk in the woods? I said, yes, sir. He said, okay, church. I, uh, I saved you. That dog didn't get you. I said, they didn't get me. Church. And I hadn't missed since. Every time I hear a dog, I'm going to church, God. I'm going to church. <laughs> now, you have never been afraid until the game warden has a dog on a muzzle. All night. I did everything Cool Hand Luke did. I walked down barbed wire fence. I ran down creeks. I did everything shaking that dog. And they pulled him off me in the morning. And I hid in the barn. And they must have said, well, we don't know what's happening. The sun's coming up. We're going home. It's not worth it. Oh, thank you, Jesus. I wasn't a Christian. But I was talking to God. <laughs> Y'all ever had them talks to God when you're in trouble? I had some talks to God when I'm in. Because I'm going back to prison. They catch me, I'm going to prison. And I thought, I ain't going to prison. And I don't want to live like this anymore. So the best thing that ever happened to me was getting saved. That was the best thing. So to me, this is not a burden to me. I don't know. I, I just don't see church and reading your Bible and obeying God as some. I think this is cool. Learning all this and praying and walking with God. Okay. 
Anyway, I'd rather have them on my side than the other way. I've been there. That's not good. If you don't understand that. Matthew 16, 24. Now look at this. And Jesus said to his disciples, disciple is someone who's a learner. If anyone desires to come after me, deny yourself, take your cross and follow me. What happens when you get a cross? You're going to die. Are you out there? Now let's get a little, can we get a little deeper now? We've been pretty deep, but we're getting ready to get real deep. You know, right after I got born again, gave my heart to Jesus, I got me a job. God got me a job. I'm, and I'm, I'm working at certainty. I'm making more money than I ever made in my life. Mike and Sarah, the plant managers, grooming me for management. It was, it was, I never had this so much favor. And I went home one night, and the Lord said, um, tell Mike you're leaving, you're moving to Tulsa. I said, yes, sir. I didn't, think, I, I, didn't, I didn't sit around and think about that. I just said, yes, sir. Are you all okay? Uh, somewhere, people come all the time, Pastor, why did this happen? Are, are you asking God before you do stuff? Yeah, don't get married until you pray. Don't. Lord, don't marry until you pray. Well, she's cute. Yeah. This soon till shall change. Uh, listen, listen. I'm here in Apopka because when I was down in Haiti, the Lord said, when you get home, you're the next pastor of that church. Yes, sir. I didn't, I didn't get a map. And go, I didn't go, where's all the money in America? I mean, honestly, when I go out to Raymond, they say, where are you at? And I say, they say, aren't you on a puka? And I go, Central Florida? Orlando? No, you're in a puka. Where's a puka? I mean, and don't you, God, couldn't you have sent me to something like Orlando? Nice word. Apuka? It's Apopka. It means big fat potato. Oh, y'all got four more minutes. Matthew 10, 30, oh, let's, let's read this. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it. Whoever loses his life will find it. What profit is it if you gain the world and lose your soul? What will man give in exchange for his soul? For the Son of Man will come in his glory with his Father and reward each of you according to your works, what you did. Let's look at another one real quick. 10:32. Matthew 10, 32. We'll close. We're going to start closing. The first of 20 closings. 1032. At least I'm honest about it. Whoever confesses me before men, I'll confess before my Father who's in heaven. And whoever denies me before men, I will deny you before my Father. I don't want you to think that I came to being priests on this earth. I did not. I came to bring a sword. I have come to set a man against his father, a daughter against her mother, a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. A man's enemies will be those of his own household. He who loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. He who loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. He who does not take his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. He who finds his life will lose it. He who loses his life for my sake will find it. I read that as my last scripture because of this. It's amazing to me when people get born again that they think that everybody in their house is going to be happy. No, they're not. As a matter of fact, in some countries, they will kill you if they find out you're a Christian. And there, listen, when, when I got born again, it caused problems in my house. And my first wife said, if you'll give up Jesus, I'll stay with you. I said, goodbye. I said, no, ma'am. Don't ever ask it. Now, that was her at the time. She may have changed it. But, that, but you, you can't ask me to choose between you and the Lord. That ain't happening. So the, so the situation is when you, I want you to, I'm saying this for this reason. When you get born again, 
your walk with God is going to cost you something. When I married Lisa, I expected it to cost her. I, I, it cost her her. I want you to give me you. I'm going to give you me, and I want you to give me you. This is, this is what I want. That's what happened when you got born again. I gave you me. I want you. you mine. A lot of the body of Christ doesn't think this way. Wouldn't it be different if they did? When you and I are doing things, get in the habit of asking God what he wants, what you're doing, where you're going, how you're doing it. He's not going to lead you astray. He said, my yoke's easy, my burden's light. He's not going to make your life hard. You may make it hard, but he's going to make it easy. But don't think it's not going to cost you at times when he says, let me tell you one more story real quick. And I told the boys this the other night, I used to have a Super Sport 396. 780 dual line, Hollywood, 410 positive traction, Muncie, four speed. Street legal, about 12 second car. And after I got born again, took Che to the filming station. They wouldn't let us in because we were hippies. Wouldn't let Che use the bathroom. So I took her around back. She said, Daddy, I got to go, I got to go. So I just took her back. We're hippies. So they, they said words to me. They weren't Christian words. And so I got in my car and I cut donuts around the Amico station. I got in my car. After I smoked up the station, you couldn't see it for a mile. I got out on the highway. And the Lord said, sell the car. No, I don't want to sell the car. Sell the car. I don't want to sell it. Sell it. I sold it. $700. Got a 65 Chevrolet pickup truck. I still drag race. It just wouldn't. Nobody knew it. <laughs> Zero to 60 in 25 miles. <laughs> I'm still, I still got a heavy foot, but nobody knows it. I could tell you stories all. I could tell you something. I could tell you all kinds of stories that he, where he changed my life. Were they good for me? And they're good for you too. So, are you a disciple? The church has to come back to this. Now, here's where we need to go from here. How do you know when a man and a woman has been intimate? She waddles. Is that right? Is that normal? Should Christians produce Christians? Yes. How do we know you're walking with God? You're getting people saved. Or you're too young to get people saved. There's baby Christians and they don't usually, God doesn't usually start. But there comes a point in your life when you hit adulthood and things are going to change for you. They should. Somebody shouldn't have to tell you to come to church. They shouldn't have to tell you to tithe. They shouldn't have to coax you into witnessing. There should be people in the kingdom because of your life. If you're not there now, don't get in condemnation. You may not be there yet. Teenage girls don't need to be having babies. Little kids don't need to be having babies. But there's a progress that goes on. That's a healthy church. If a church is not healthy, people are not getting saved every Sunday. There's not enough people getting saved in this church. Because we're too in love with the world. We're converts. We've been taught to be a convert. We've never been taught we're the bride of Christ. Are you all all right? Everybody still breathing? Did you all have a Merry Christmas? You're going to have a Happy New Year? All right. Now, next time I see you. (laughs) No, it'll be good. Do y'all see where, where God is trying to make some adjustments in his church? His prized possession is his church. There's nothing bigger in the earth than, than this right here to God, you. Big deal to God. You're a big deal to God. Our growth is a big deal to God. Amen. And it should be to us. We should really think Heavenly Father, and, and, I, and I may do this. I may spend a few weeks 
talking about how to be led by the Spirit. It's very important that you know what's, you know, how to find the answer to God, how to find the will of God, how to know when he's talking, and you learn those things in church. When you come, well, I'll teach you those things. But as you go through life, you, there's, a, there, there's, a, there's an obedience that's, that God's looking for in you, and he has a right to it. Does everybody see that by now? All right, then we can pray. All right, Father God, thank you for the opportunity tonight to come into this church house and to preach your word. Every one of us in here, Father, have had the idea that our Christianity is just based on us going to heaven. But it, it, there's a lot more to it than that. You are our father. You're our husband. And the marriage, it's a good marriage. You brought us in. You redeemed us. You paid for us. You washed us in your blood. And we belong to you. And it gives us great joy to be your bride and to serve you and to live for you. And tonight, we've come in here to hear that uh, that's how we show you appreciation for what you've done by keeping your commandments. I pray, Father God, we would leave tonight understanding that this is not a burden. It's a great thing. But that we would be more conscious of just obeying you and being a doer of the word of God than we've ever been. And we'll leave here tonight realizing that 2019 can be a great year. And it may take some adjustments on our part. And I thank you for everybody in the room. I pray the blood of Jesus over everybody in this room. If someone came in and they're not in fellowship with you, that they would get back tonight and get back to being your bride and realize that they can be forgiven and walk with you. We give you thanks, Father God, in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I'll see you Sunday morning. I will see you Sunday morning. Amen. Thank you for listening to this powerful message by Pastor Daryl Morgan. We hope it blesses you. If you would like more info on Word of Life, sermons, and free downloads, please go to wordoflifeapopka.com. Thank you and have a blessed day.